Lisa Phillips, and I'm the award-winning author of the book, The Artistic Edge, Seven Skills Children Need to Succeed in an Increasingly Right Brain World. And my name is Leah Rifkin, the author of Beyond the Director's Chair and award-winning producer-director. Thanks for chatting with me today, Lisa. You and I are both trained in various arts areas like theater, dance, television, film. Um, And I'm sure some of our listeners also have several skills in different areas. So do you think they should be focusing on one area that they're good at? So do you mean like if they're an actor and a singer and a dancer, that kind of yeah. thing? Yeah. Um, I th- Well, interesting question. I think it really depends on where the income opportunity lies to a certain extent. I think it's important that what you're doing actually is generating some kind of income for you because you need to be able to pay your expenses and live your life and go grocery shopping and all the pay your rent and all those types of things. So I think it's important to have a balance between what you're passionate about and, you know, really looking at, okay, what is actually bringing me the income I need to sustain my lifestyle? For sure. So sometimes artists will have like part-time gigs uh, to supplement their income because, you know, as we both know, and as most people know, work in the arts, unfortunately, can be kind of inconsistent Um, and maybe until you reach a certain level. But I think even then it's still never guaranteed. Um, So what kind of strategies can you suggest for artists to avoid the like stereotypical, oh, I'm going to wait tables um, at a restaurant kind of thing? That is a great question and an important one. I think there's two parts to that answer. The first part is about the view, your viewpoint as an artist. So when you decide you're going to work in the arts, there's often a lot of noise that comes from other people saying, oh, you're not going to make money and it's difficult and there's all these financial challenges and only, you know, such a small percentage of people make it. And if you listen to those voices and those comments, whether they're coming from your mom or your sister or your best friend or even yourself, it actually really cuts your reach and actually squashes your own ability to make money as an artist because you're letting those sort of that negative self-talk take over. That's something I really encourage everyone listening to consider and to look at is how much are you allowing those ideas to infiltrate your thinking because if you actually think that way you're automatically putting a doubt in your mind that you can actually achieve success and achieve the financial reward that you want to have as an artist and as soon as you put a doubt there it won't happen so it's something very important to start to become aware of if you're not because automatically you're going to come up with just so many barriers that you can't overcome because you have this negative view of your earning potential as an artist. So that's the first thing I would say. So the second part to that question is realizing that sometimes you actually have to do different types of work and have different jobs or income streams in order to actually have the level of income you want for the lifestyle that you want. 
And the interesting thing to sort of note is that most most highly successful people actually do have multiple streams of income. They don't just do one thing. So if you t- look at, you know, highly, highly successful entrepreneurs all over the world, they they don't own one company. They own many. They don't have, you know, they are earning money from investments. They are earning money from real estate. They're earning money from you know, the companies that they own, they might invest in other companies. So they are earning money from so many different income streams. Now, no one's saying that you have to be Richard Branson or some, you know, massively, hugely successful, you know, multi-millionaire entrepreneur. That's not the point. The point is, is if you take that principle and pare it down to whatever income level you want for yourself, The reality is it needs to come from multiple sources. So you have to kind of see that maybe, you know, you use the reference of waiting tables in a restaurant. The point is, is that the the income streams do need to be varied and you need to have multiple income streams, almost actually because it's a safety net. So one of the reasons why highly successful people have multiple streams of income is because if there becomes a problem with one, you don't, and pardon my language, you don't get screwed. You don't, you don't all of a sudden have to worry about, can I pay my rent or things like that? Because if you have multiple sources where your income come from, you have a bit of a cushion and a safety net that way. So that's just something to think about. So for artists specifically, in terms of deciding what are your multiple streams going to be, often there is the, you know, oh, I'm going to work at a bar or a restaurant kind of thing. And often it's done of from a viewpoint of, oh, I can't get enough work in the arts and I have to supplement it and it's kind of sucky and I don't like it. Well, you can take that viewpoint or you can change the idea and actually just realize that some of the most successful people in the world do multiple things and have multiple streams. So it's actually a good thing. And you can actually do things that are not related to a restaurant. There's so many different types of income streams that you can get. And that's an interesting thing to talk about in and of itself. Totally. I see all the time, even really successful and not so like sort of more like A-list versus like C-list actors or whatever. They're all doing that. So I have people that I personally know, like, and because of the pandemic, like, they are into fashion. So they made their own fashion line and now they're selling stuff. And then, you know, someone like Will Smith, who's an A-list example, he, him and his family, like, own, like, Just Water, which is that water company. So they, you know, and he's excelled merch and he does all sorts of stuff. It's not just, oh, I'm going to act or or, I'm going to make an album. It's, they're doing a lot of different things. So at all levels, it it's you can see that the people who are doing it are definitely. It looks like having more fun for one thing, and um, just are more financially um, stable. I guess you could say because if one like if an acting gig doesn't come around for a few months, then they have other businesses and other things they're doing that can supplement that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, a lot of people have gone on to online selling and things like that, and if you have skills, especially as an artist, you might want to actually put together, you know, activities, lesson plans, things that you can sell online. That's one of the things we do at the Artistic Edge is provide resources for teachers. And, you know, we do work with lots of different artists to actually sell your products for you. So if that's, if you have activities and you, but you don't have a platform to sell it, that's something that you can just reach out to me and talk to us about. 
you know, and that's something that we can promote for you. So that's one area. And another interesting example is in the spring, I got introduced to an essential oils company, uh, someone, one of my mentors that, you know, I respect and, you know, coached me on writing my book, um, got involved with it. And I sort of did a little research and I, I signed up to get these products and it's essential oils, it's healthy cleaning stuff, like so many things that are beneficial, especially, you know, to keep your body and your mind healthy, especially during, you know, these crazy COVID times. Um, and he encouraged me to become a distributor. And I was like, well, I don't, I'm not really sure about that. I, you know, I, I'm not really into that kind of thing. But he said, if you're enjoying the products anyway, it's really just a way to share what you like with your family, with your friends, with colleagues, things like that. And if they, if they sign up and they, they buy stuff from you, then it's income that you get, you sort of talk about it once with them. And if they like the products, then amazing. And then they sign up and you get a commission. And that's something that I started doing, which is totally nothing to do with my industry at all. But it's become another income stream for me. And a lot of people can do amazingly well within network marketing as an income stream. Totally. And and I think, and I was introduced to it from you and I tried the products out, which I love their I'm using their facial wash now and I'm like, it's the best thing ever. Um, cause I was looking for one and I was like, well, I might as well. Um, but I think that the, the naysayers of network marketing at the end of the day, they'll say, Oh, you can't make money from that. But it's like, unless you say something and actually communicate about these products that you like, obviously you're not going to get commissions if people don't buy them cause you're not communicating about them. So you have to kind of get over the fact that anyone who's like, oh, you don't make money. Well, you do if you actually think of it as an income stream like a business, like it's a business. So as long as you have that viewpoint and you just even put in like a few hours a week, like it's not that much effort in the long run, you can see results. So totally. Yeah, no, 100%, 100%. And And the main thing with that type of network marketing stuff is to make sure that you actually like the products and you use them yourself. And, you know, in in our family, we do, we love them. We're so into them. So it just, it becomes easy. And it's, and it's just a very simple, like you said, only a few hours a week kind of commitment and you can get results with it. So I would say in terms of, you know, what are your options, whether it's, you know, working in a restaurant or things like that, this is something, any network marketing type of opportunity is something you can do from home. It's, you know, like you said, it's all about communication and it's fun and you can get results and you're helping people, you know, learn about some great resources for their families. So I definitely recommend thinking about things like that. I agree. I agree. Now, Speaking on the same topic of, you know, multiple streams of income, sometimes when you have that, um, you have to divide your time more effectively. So do you have any tips for people in in that situation? So where they have, let's say, I don't know, three to five different streams of income and they have to put time and energy into all of them. How do they balance what, you know, how do they balance their time? Yeah, time is tricky, especially if you have a family and you're dealing with the kids and walking the dog and all the regular life stuff. It's definitely can be challenging. I think one of the strategies to use is to realize that you need to have a balance between doing things that's like the coping stuff. So things that are that must be done versus things that are 
focusing on organizing. So long-term strategies, you know, so you have to have a balance between cope and organize. And you also have to realize that you have to switch the hat that you're wearing, you know? So like right now, oh, I'm in my actor hat and I'm focusing on auditions and communicating with my agent and things like that versus I'm wearing my visual artist hat and I'm working on a piece for someone or I'm in a network marketing company and I'm spending three hours doing some social media stuff and prepping some videos to send out. So you need to actually just carve out time in your weekly schedule to actually say, okay, this day I'm doing this job for these two hours. Just like you, you know, if you want to work out, it's very beneficial to put a workout in your schedule, just like it's a dentist appointment. Like there's, it's an appointment with yourself and you're going to go to the gym or work out at home and you're making that time. Everything is like that. And if you don't actually schedule the time and organize your day that way, it's very easy for the things that you have to cope with on a daily basis to just to overcome you and overwhelm you with everything that's going on. So the more you actually schedule things in and treat it like a doctor's appointment or a dentist's appointment, it's much more likely to get done. And you'll see the things that you need to cope with will actually just sort of calm down once you sort of organize yourself in that type of a way. Totally. And another sort of strategy that I've been implementing lately is because, you know, we all write like to-do lists or things we need to get done. So I have like one giant list, but then on the day to day, every night I'll for the next day, I'll pick like three to five things that I can realistically get done that day, given, you know, going to the gym or doing what I need to do, like eating breakfast or whatever, <laughs> like all of that. It's, it's actually just choosing and deciding I'm going to get these things done. And then when you make the decision, it's amazing what you actually get done. Because I think I find, I found that sometimes just looking at one giant list is really overwhelming. And you're like, what do I choose? What do I start with? And you end up spending more time just debating what you should do rather than actually doing something. So if you have multiple businesses or streams of income, I find that, which I do and you do as well, I find that making sort of daily lists kind of helps a lot. So that's the strategy I've been using. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think something else to consider is if you do have a long list of stuff, you need to actually get the oldest things done first. Even if they don't seem like a priority, you know, you might have in your mind, oh, I've been meaning to clean out the garage and it's been a year that this has been something open in your mind. Go clean out the garage because it it will actually free up your attention to focus on other things. So as a general rule, it's very beneficial to deal with old things and get them out of the way because it just gives you more focus on the things that you actually need to get done. And you'll notice that if you actually do that and ignore that little voice in your head says, oh, I can wait, I can wait, I can do it later. A year later, yeah. A year later, if you can ignore that voice and actually just force yourself to do it, you'll see you actually create more time for yourself. And it's very strange how that works. But I use that strategy all the time myself. And you'll notice there's a massive shift when you do that. You actually have a ton more time. Yeah, I've done that too. It's pretty crazy, but it, and it, actually, it does work. So use it, use it. Well, this has been a very informative discussion. I think that people have a lot of takeaways from this. So that's great. And practical takeaways, which is always helpful. So thank you. And we'll talk next time on the podcast. Yes, thanks. It was great to chat today. 